fool is the first card in this long story of tarot. So I like the fool card. There's a dog in it. There's sometimes torn pants. There's a stick with one of those um, blankets tied to the end to hold stuff. And there's the fool usually stepping along kind of lightly, a little careless maybe, not completely reliable as to whether or not he's going to fall off a cliff. <laughs> the dog is sometimes tearing his, uh, his clothes, sometimes just scampering around. The idea of the dog is kind of like the wild, natural world, maybe instinct, um, but also a kind of civilization. You know, the fool is not bothered very much by the dog, regardless of what the dog happens to be doing. Usually dogs don't hang around people unless uh, they enjoy them, really. And so probably the dog is with the fool. And the fool is actually, you know, they take care of each other. The two, there, there must be an exchange. And um, so it's this interesting idea of the fool not quite being prepared for his trip or his voyage into the tarot through the major arcana. And he, you know, he's the narrator, really. He's, he's kind of like the tarot is the, the story told by an old guy later recounting the tale of his adventures uh, for his grandkids or something and how he had so much to learn and how naive he was and he thought he was setting out on a trip that would last, uh, you know, uh, a four-hour voyage, you know. <laughs> it turned into a lifetime's work. And... That's interesting. That makes it that that's a really odd starting place for the for something like tarot. It's 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 kind of off center. It's sort of its genius is to put this rather incapable person right at the head of the whole thing. And, um, he's the lead character. 
he's the character who learns, who develops. He's us. He's the he's the reader of the tarot, and he's the questioner also. Um, now, when I sort of approach the fool, I I like what primarily hits me about the fool is there's some kind of a path distance and there's a travel pack and the dog the dog is you know he, he kind of I, 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 I tried to avoid the dog I tried to sort of determined that the dog maybe was extraneous, but actually he's not, or she's not. The dog is very important and ended up coming back into what I was doing with Taro. Um, I kind of couldn't avoid it the, because the dog has a, uh, he, he kind of represents a humor there's, there has to be a little sense of humor in this card. It has to sort of key you in on the tarot, I think, that you're in for something that you have to be careful about getting bogged down in over-seriousness and moroseness and super-spirituality. Everything has to have... a. A, a, sort of a light touch and this deck here um, and I can actually show it you know I'm going to show it on my uh, bright screen you know he, he's he's uh, th this deck does that this deck sort of gets that Harlequin quality and that's another point that I just sort of accidentally make at the moment, the, the Harlequin, um, the sort of, you know, he's got these these little round things around his neck. It's like the bells of the of the Harlequin, the the, the entertainer, the, the the comedian, the clown, and that's another thing that's interesting here. That sense of the card, there needs to be a sense of sort of. Uh, a kind of a joyful, slightly silly approach to things, but knowing full well that there's an enormous, uh, you, you know, this the character is going to learn a lot. We know that. He's, the character has enormous amounts to learn about themselves. And so what did I write about this? I said in my uh, page about this character, Seeker, adventurer, new beginning, optimism, freedom, hopeful journey, thirst for knowledge. He is the eternal seeker, the wayfarer on the road of life. His journeys are not necessarily those of distance, but may be more profound voyages of thought, 
The fool's eagerness to move out into the world and learn its secrets inspires us all to look ahead to better things, greater skills, deeper loves, success, and happiness. He continues, in spite of hardships, always keeping his eyes to the future, carrying the little he requires and enjoying the vagaries of life as represented by the dog who playfully tears at his leggings. The fool may represent a course of development that you are ready to embark upon. He may stand for your instinct to get up and go, to move on with things, to leave the static mode of life behind. The fool, if reversed, can mean that these positive impulses and attitudes might run along unchecked, and lead to an aloof detachment. Perhaps there's something reckless in your leaving or your mental wanderings. You may consider the reversed fool as something of a gentle nudge to get you back on the track of a healthy optimism in place of impulsive and ill-considered actions. So... Some of the terms used for the reversed fool are carelessness, loneliness, retreat, abandonment, lack of focus, impulsive actions, outsider, extremism. I think in many situations today in the modern world, actually, we could solve or or to some extent mitigate some of the um, kind of tensions people have in their approach to one another, especially on things like social media, uh, we could just basically show them the fool card. <laughs> just hold it up in your hand. Say, look at this. Isn't this kind of cool? And um, the fool card, you know, you can't help but kind of go, uh, you can't help but see the attitude, the perspective. So <clears throat> there are a lot of interesting ideas about the fool out there. But I think primarily it's the sense of he's the narrator or she, the narrator of the story, the wanderer, the traveler, the student, the apprentice. There's a lot in common with the court card called the page and the fool. Um, the page is that young representative of of you know the first steps into something without a complete understanding you know not yet having mastered anything but having incredible potential being very excited in spite of one's 
dim awareness, <laughs> you know, one's naive youthfulness or whatever you might want to call it. Um, but yeah, you kind of, you have to start with the fool, really. Uh, so that's why I thought it would be good to maybe start one of these that way. This is the Tarot of Marseille deck that I'm referring to here and, and the ripped pants being one of the uh, significant features of, of the fool in this deck. Very old deck. And what it, what happened was, you know, they, the, the deck of Marseille, see Marseille, the city in France became the center uh, where a deck of cards started getting printed, a deck from Italy. And Italy was a place where they had the game Taroki, you know, and, and then they started evolving it from that to having uh, the major cards, the big face cards. They were added in over some time. And then, so it traveled to the city of Marseille and it that's where a bunch of printers would churn out these, these decks. And that's how, and then one particular printer uh, became the first printer to like really sort of set down the Tarot of Marseille deck that we know that this, this image of the fool is from that. All these cards here on screen are from the Tarot of Marseille. And so the original of it was in Marseille and this, this printer was the one that first was like, okay, this is, this is what it is. This is, this is how it has to be. And, uh, it came from Italy, which is kind of interesting. It actually it came from the North of Italy up near the mountains. Um, so, but there, there's all kinds of stories about tarot having connections to other places. And some of them are kind of like silly because there's absolutely no proof. And there's like no evidence anywhere anyone has ever, ever found apparently for an Egyptian, you know, going back to Pharaoh's uh, connection. And... There's also, there's like, there's a lot of sort of, you know, I, I, I was listening to someone interesting actually just today talking about alchemy and tarot. And I actually love that subject. Uh, alchemy is fascinating even while being sort of disturbing um, in some of its ideas. And... Uh, but the thing is, and I sort of, I have always sort of related tarot to alchemy in a vague way because of the process of development and the, the sort of idea that you start out with this unformed person, this sort of low down on the scale person. And I mean low on the scale in the sense that he doesn't know anything yet and he 
he doesn't see himself fully. Actually, that's debatable too. He 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 doesn't he doesn't well. So the the idea of development from something that you assume to be a base metal like lead and coming out at the other end of the process as gold, this miraculous transformation, which plays roles in the development of psychology all through the 20th century. Uh, you know, it, ha it, has, it ha has had its, its, its effect on, on things. And, um, and, but, but, but the connections aren't clear there. They're certainly not definite. They're sort of guessed at. And you kind of have to look at the tarot and alchemy ideas and, and try and find ways where you can find similarities. But see, you can do that with many things with alchemy, including modern chemistry. So, so it doesn't, you, you can't really tell if you're fooling around or not. It's hard. Um, but here's the other thing about the fool that's tricky. He's the idea that he has to go through a process to learn about himself and develop and individuate and that kind of thing. Develop his individual, his full self. In other words, like the Buddhists say, you're on the path uh, and you, you, the point is, is to, to actually find and experience your true self, which of course is true reality. But you can see in the fool that perhaps he knows himself just fine, right at the start. And that's very possible that he or she, the fool, is the development. The fool is where you're going. He's not the start. He's not the, the fool. He is actually the self. And the self, you know, these are the picture cards of the self. These are the, these are the, these are the um, images that the self shows itself. But the fool actually has everything he needs right at the beginning. Look, if that dog is with him <laughs> at the, right at the start, that's kind of all you need to know. Because the dog really, all the other symbols in the tarot, you know, snakes eating themselves in circles, Ouroboros, whatever, um, eagles or falcons you know it's like uh, there's nothing more important in the tarot deck than that dog that's that's the guy you want to be looking at uh, that's the the animal of the tarot um So,
I have Angelic Demoon has arrived. Hello, Angelic. Alchemy is a very old, you know, medieval uh, and somewhat prior, I suppose, its roots. But it's the sort of precursor of modern chemistry. But it was an attempt. Oh, and in many ways, psychology, because it dealt with talking. They kept talking about metals, you know, transforming metals through a magical process using um, uh, furnaces and things to convert lead into gold. And if that that whole sort of process is thought to represent actually uh, a psychological development, an internal development, a coming to to one's to a whole person, and um, which I really like that kind of thing. You know, Carl Jung was very in tune with uh, people find, coming to their whole selves and finding very deep archetypal characters that and images that are shared by uh, all humans, you know. And probably this fool character is somewhere in there, uh, some kind of an archetype. He, he, he must be because he's so attached to the Harlequin clown performer image um, that's sort of consistently there throughout you know at at least from very early middle ages on and and um, so so the card is I don't know it's like it really sets the tarot off with a bang you know Um, now Angelic, you're asking a question. Is alchemy like chaos magic? Uh, I don't really know anything about chaos magic. Uh, but, you know, with alchemy, you see pictures of devices. You see usually old men with long white beards and robes. Uh, sitting in their laboratory with like a curving staircase going up, stone walls, lots of um, vials and tubes around and flames and like a furnace burning and smoke and there's there's something in a pot or in some kind of a canister that's percolating over the fire and this is the alchemist trying to mix things together at certain times and keep the heat going and hopefully they convert into some another material and then that material is combined with something else and it converts and eventually you arrive at the philosopher's stone at some point and then that is what allows you i believe to get to the final stage which is converting to gold i think and uh so it, it's very much a, a, a mental process that they're actually describing in, in very strange physical terms. 
It's almost like they were really philosophers, um, not necessarily trying to find gold. So, and then, you know, so you've got this, you've got this character, the fool, setting out. And then, instantly, what happens? What does he, what does he, uh, what does he do first? You know, <clears throat> where does he go first? Magician. And um, so the magician shows up. And so we go in one step from this supposedly inexperienced, naive fool to a real pro, a real clever character who is a master of anything he turns his attention to or her attention to and can literally make things go po-wham out of nothing almost. <laughs> like, and uh, literally a magician. It's just an interesting jump right at the start of the story. You know, I'm trying to figure out how that relates to like fairy tales. Oh yeah, my coffee mug is very, I know, it's, <laughs> I know, it's very tall, isn't it? <laughs> it's, but you know what's interesting? When you make a mug narrow, I find, it's, it's got a narrow circumference, it, it um, keeps the coffee warm longer because there's less of an open surface area on top to get cold quickly. That's right, Angelic. Fool to master in one step as if so easy. Yeah, that that's the whole thing. It's like, how did that happen? Why not go from fool to something a little more confusing? Like even even the high priestess, because you know the high priestess. Then I think she comes next, after the magician. But there you go. You know you're going with the high priestess. She's really a great card because what she's doing is. And sometimes I think cards are too literal about this. Most decks, they start. But what she's doing is she is sort of able to pass between the unconscious and the conscious. She's able to access dreams. 
And so she's a very mysterious character. She's able to sort of go in to places where pure instinct reign and come out and communicate things outward. She's able, and it's symbolized, usually she has some kind of a writing, something or other, some pad or something. But that basic idea, without being too nail on the head about it, which some cards do, is the simple idea. It's, a, it's almost as simple as the, as the experience everyone knows of waking up and not being able to remember the dream or being able to only remember the very, very slightest width of something and you're trying to remember it and you just can't get a grasp on it. It's like a feather, it's gone. That's to me what the high priestess is. She is that ability to communicate with those things that we often can't and we can't get there. And um, so I really like that card actually. And, you know, I, um, I was drawing that card and then I, I did that very early on and I, then I went way, way past it. And then I went back to it and looked at it again and was like, well, um, I, 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 I was a little too sloppy on this one. I was a little too quick to, to, to say, okay, I did that and move on from it. So I went back and I kind of very sort of gently, um, worked it uh, a little bit better and but it, I found that you have to be very careful with that card because what if you're not, it begins to, you know, jam up against the high priest card or sometimes called the hierophant. I believe in this deck it's called the hierophant. Uh, I, I just don't like that word. So I called that card, the high priest. I like having high priestess and high priest, but they can't be the same. And there, there has to be a difference. And it's, you gotta be careful because they're usually about, you know, one, the high priestess is sitting there with some sort of a tablet and she's usually got two columns behind her. And, um, the hierophant or the high priest is sitting there and he has like a chair behind him and he's usually got two people I believe sort of looking up at him um, but what I sort of do with those cards to distinguish them is I like to sort of say that the high priestess has direct access to things that are almost invisible to ourselves about ourselves and can bring them out into visibility 
Whereas the high priest has the ability to preserve traditions and educate people about them, but also he is the um, the icon worshiper. He is the church maker. The high priestess doesn't give a damn about a church. The only thing the high priestess cares about is what she's found and putting it into words or images. The high priest cares about making the world look and look a certain way to 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 visualize those things in another way. So the high priestess's word and communication, the high priest is objects. And angelic you are saying you struggle with the high priestess energy coming in your life in the past. You prefer priestess energy over priest energy. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I actually do too. The, the, the high priest card always sort of disgruntles me. It kind of irritates me. Um, I'm not sure why. Maybe I have authority figure problems. <laughs> you know, it's quite possible. Uh, but isn't it reasonable to have authority figure problems? I mean, how many authority figures should we really respect? Maybe two over the last 40,000 years? Maybe? Maybe two. <laughs> I mean, there really aren't any authority figures. They don't really exist. They're, there are usurpers. There are fools who, who want to pretend, who take a certain kind of authority that's, you know, I have a stick and I have the army and you don't and therefore I have the authority. Well, if you respect that authority, you're you're well, you're a slave is what you are. You know, and that's not good. Um so that really, authority respect for authority figures is is thrown around and used a lot. You know, you hear this phrase all the time, I was raised to respect authority. Well, no. What actually happened there, bud, is you were raised by a nasty dad who probably enjoyed hitting people. That's what happened there. 
you just don't want to admit it, do you? <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's where I was raised to respect authority really comes from. You shouldn't be raised to respect authority. You should be raised to question authority. That's the entire bedrock of all democracies. Never respect authority. You respect law. You respect the concept upon which a country is built for freedom, of course. But you question authority. If that weren't true, then we wouldn't have the system we have. Now that is getting out of tarot. But the whole authority thing actually is very key in tarot. It's mentioned over and over again in tarot. It shows up. That's why you have kings and queens in tarot. That's why you have emperor and empress. They're there. That's why you have the high priest. That's why you have the high priestess. They're, they're anyone who's called high this or that or emperor, I mean, my gosh, you know that authority is in the equation somewhere. But you don't respect authority because that implies that you take what is given from authority without question. And of course, that is the death of all things throughout all of human history. It always has been. People who don't question authority lead to chaos and crumble. That's what happens. Um, And so I like the fact that they put these things in tarot that are sort of, they have that irritant quality that I, oh, that guy, ugh, I don't know. Um, it, you know, it starts to show up again in the tarot in the devil card. That sense of authority becomes in the devil card where you have again two people facing a figure who's looking down on them, but then it's in the devil card, it starts to become warped and it's, it becomes um, literally enslavement in that card. So angelic, let's it, Yes, it reminds you of the patriarchy. Yeah. Usurper. <laughs> Your, so your name actually means, your real life name means usurper. Respect those who treat you with respect and respect is mutual, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, look, of course, the things I'm saying about respecting authority are, of course, if you, you, you don't, you don't, show disrespect to authority. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is the key fundamental idea about living 
with authority is not to respect authority. It is to question authority. And questioning authority can be done while also respecting authority. But the respect is not the key. You, 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 you have to always question it. Otherwise, you've got a dictator. Anytime you can't question authority, anytime you have to respect authority and that's all you can do, that's called a dictatorship. It's called a kingdom. Or what else would it be called? You know, um, you know, that's that's just that's what what it is. Um, <clears throat> even if it's a good king, <laughs> a good king who does tarot, even then it's still a good king is still a, a di- is just a good dictator. <laughs> so, but uh, the fool, in general. As a concept, that card is something that the world could use a lot of. It could use that card sort of on the sides of buses going by. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could just be, it, it's, it's a helpful idea. Hey, don't take yourself too darn seriously. Be good to the dog because the dog needs you and the dog's happy and can show you how to be happy and don't really carry more than you need and enjoy the trip and you actually are far better off and happier than you think. Uh, That's kind of what the fool is, is doing. So... (laughs) 